Hi, everyone. Hello. It is 3.30 in the morning. Well, no, I'm lying. It's not 3.30. It's 3.25. <laughs> Basically 3.30, right? <sighs> How's everyone doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing okay. Um, I hope my friends who are listening to this are are doing all right. Hope you've gotten my letters. Um, I've been sending a lot of letters during the quarantine, and I think it's really, it's really fun, and it's, um, it's a way to keep in contact with people that isn't, um, on social media, or isn't, like, just through texting. Something about letters, and I don't mean this to sound like, (laughs) like a old man yells at cloud kind of thing, but there's something about letters that's really, um, sweet, and... Uh, a bit more personal i make like i i've been making personal playlists for people through through letters and it's been really fun kind of going through my spotify and finding songs that i think they might like and um making like a playlist of oh i think they actually might you know enjoy this song or i don't know if they heard this song or not but i think they might like it and and curating it and tailoring it to um to my friends it's been really cool i love shit like that I love making playlists. Oh my god. Tell me to make a playlist and I will. I think it's so much fun and I um I, I'm kind of obsessive about it. I always have been, especially since I was like a kid. Like I used to make um like tapes. We used to have like an old Olympus like tape recorder, like a mini one. Um with the little tiny cassette tapes. And I remember always like playing with it and like recording music or recording myself or I've always just like been into it and then CDs came along I was like I mean I was young it wasn't like old when CDs came out but I was like you know I just remember always like having CDs and then burning my own CDs and my dad taught me because my dad was like a big computer dude um I remember like having a computer when I was like five years old like a little uh like using the desktop those big huge computers that were heavy as shit and I remember um him always like messing around on it and and showing me like what to do and uh you know he he made me really like tech savvy and it was cool because like uh he was also really into music so I was able to like learn from him and like when LimeWire was a thing and like when other streaming not streaming but like torrenting platforms and my dad was like torrenting shit before anyone knew what torrenting was like I remember he would always just like burn CDs and he'd get like find a torrent of like a Japanese import of this like punk band that he was into in the 80s and just all this really cool shit and uh i had like a pretty a pretty cool upbringing when i think back on it um but he was he was always showing me like how to burn cd's and how to um, make a playlist and how to make the you know convert the audio to make it sound better and and i would do that with like playlists and i would do that with cd's and i did it in high school a lot and i mean it wasn't even that long ago i graduated high school 2012 so i was doing this like fuck wow like 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. That's crazy. Wow. This is like a total tangent. It's <laughs> welcome to my podcast. <laughs> wow. That's crazy that I was doing that shit like 10 years ago. Wow. I was like 15 years old. 
like thir- 12, 13, 14, 15, and I was like burning CDs and, and making like, oh, I loved making like the cover of the CD. And I'd print out pictures and, and I would like do it like a zine. Like you cut shit up and you just like paste it on there. And I would like handwrite the, the, um, the playlist on the back where I'd print it out and and I used to like decorate the actual CD like not just the case but like the CD and like I remember just like it would take me a week to make a really really good playlist that I was like super proud of like I would like listen to it and stare at the stare at the playlist and uh listen to it over and over again and take songs out and put songs in and then I like eventually learned how to fade songs so oh my god when I learned how to fade songs into each other it was over (laughs) it was done and then you know streaming came out and no one you know really listened to cds anymore and I, I don't mean that to sound like no one listens to cds anymore it's the reality like you know no one was really buying like cds um so I stopped really like making like personalized playlists for people for like a minute. I did it I did it a bit like oh, 2014. Um that was like a really cool year. I think this is one of my favorite years of my life when I think back on it. Like 2014 was really fucking cool. Um I saw the strokes which was why that was like a cool a cool thing, but um yeah, like I I was just these letters really kind of inspired me to to get back into playlist making and I was like yeah I want to I want to pick songs that sound right and then I I did that um and now I'm just talking about myself what the fuck <laughs> but when I did the um <laughs> that the zine I did the five zine um and I like made a playlist to go along with it and I was like fuck yeah this is really cool and I, I'm working on a project similar to it but it's all through like um tape recorders and i and i found like a tape recorder on ebay and i bought it and i was like oh this is really cool and i bought a bunch of tape and i think i'm gonna i'm doing a project similar to to five but on on tape um also i'm doing it on tape because i have this like weird uh i have this weird i've always been like this since i was a kid i think it's because i was like you know christian in my upbringing where like doomsday is always imminent and you never know when end times are here um so i always wanted to like leave an imprint so i when i was a kid i constantly like wrote things down and i was that's why i was really into tapes and stuff and even now i'm like okay i want to like have a journal where i write things down and i write my poems down or i don't really do poetry but like write my prose and like i do all this stuff so that way you know if the end of the world happens and there's no computers and they don't have access and this is the one thing that's left of humanity like you know that like sci-fi shit but i think that's the the deeper intent of me getting the tape player is that i want to um i want i want it to to be the last thing that's left of humanity (laughs) or one of the last things you know maybe hey you know what maybe in thousands of years i'll be the next sappho dang (laughs) wouldn't that be cool that would be pretty cool Sappho is just incredible read her poetry please uh the remnants of it because we don't really have a complete collection but Sappho love her um yeah so hi welcome this tangent this 
rant i don't even think it's a rant the first like 10 or so minutes of this is me talking about myself how uh how uh i don't know how very me (laughs) i i talk about myself um like if if someone asks me questions about myself i will go on and on and on because i don't really talk about myself (laughs) ever even though it seems like i do i really i really don't i always just want to share myself so people can get to know me better somehow some way anyway uh welcome it's may 9th when i'm recording this it's now 3 30 in the morning 3 34 to be exact and the quarantine has been interesting um I am deeply privileged in the fact that I have a home that I can come to and and be quarantined in and I'm I'm mostly mostly alone. I live with my mother. Um so I'm I'm mostly it's just me and her and and I'm I'm very very lucky. And it's actually it's not luck. Uh with something like this, it's not luck. I I have the resources and I'm and I'm very uh, grateful that I I do have this and so quarantine has been kind to me um I hope it's it's being kind to you as well I know there's a lot of people who are essential workers who are still working and doing really difficult labor and whether it be physical whether it be psychological whether it just just be exhausting and daunting and and my love goes out to you even though i feel like that doesn't mean anything right now you know lots of people are sending thoughts and prayers and that kind of shit out to essential workers but (sighs) it's a bit of a weird time huh bit of a weird moment that we're living in and i saw this tweet a while ago that was like i really hate the fact that i'm living through a major historical moment and it's historical for so many different reasons, right? You know, uh, last time I recorded, it was, I think, the end of March. And now we're, we were barely, like, you know, foot in it. And now I think we're, like, waist deep. I don't even think waist deep. I think we're, like, I don't know, hip deep. <laughs> um, I think this is going to last a little bit longer, a, a while longer, um, but a lot has happened and there's a lot of conversation about, you know, socioeconomics and, and mostly what I've been talking about with friends and, and seeing discourse online has been about like the economics of everything and the, the racial politics of, of the handling of the coronavirus, not the virus itself. And, you know, we're really seeing the socioeconomic system that has been created, the economic, the capitalist system that has been created really cracking and falling apart. I don't even think it's falling apart. I think it's been falling apart for a really long time, but I think it's some of the first times that people are paying attention and a lot of people are paying attention you know, uh, leftists, and even that's a term that I think is uh, hotly debated in leftist circles, 
because of course uh we love discourse <laughs> um you know leftists we've seen how historically you know capitalism is falling apart and we've known but a lot of people are kind of seeing this and going whoa wait <laughs> what is happening like the foundations are just completely crumbling for a lot of people and they're i guess aware uh which is a good thing you know uh the more people that are kind of opening their eyes and I don't even think it's an opening of the eye. I think it's just um, knowledge and awareness of of what's happening is really good. And I think it's pushing people left. And it might be slow and it might not be to the degree that, you know, we want. But it is happening. And I think people are kind of becoming aware that it's not just you being a liberal it's not just you being a democrat that means you're on the quote-unquote right side of history and i hate that fucking line too but you know it's not just simply that you're a democrat it's you know understanding the ideology of america what this country was founded on understanding that hey you know what democrats aren't that much different from republicans they just uh, have this facade that they care, right? And I think a lot of people are realizing that. And and I do think, you know, I have my qualms with Bernie, of course. I have my qualms. I um, was not going to vote for him. I don't think he was left enough. And I think, you know, he was progressive, yes. Um, progressive for America, but not... Not enough, and and we can sit here and we can debate that, and you know I know a lot of people who are listening to this think differently, and and that's completely fine. Um, it just uh, wasn't radical to me. It just it it really was not radical, no matter how much people think it was radical. I think Bernie's platform is radical. I do think you know I will say I do think he does care, and I do think he, you know he does have a good heart. Um, which I do think matters, but, uh, I think with someone like Bernie, people are, are definitely moving a little bit more left. And I think with this movement of people left comes this responsibility now of self-education, um, there was recently, um, not even recently, two months ago, um, Ahmaud Arbery was murdered in broad daylight. There's a video of it. It's the only way I can sum it up is that it's fucking sad and it's exhausting. And I can only imagine how exhausting it is and how exhausting this feels as a black person. And I mean, I think the responsibility 
that we have as non-black people as uh, <laughs> I heard I saw someone online today say non-black people of color which was I was like uh, uh, okay all right we'll 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 swing with that term for today <laughs> um but I think us as as non-black people uh really need to do is along with this movement left right this this social movement that we're seeing of people um going left and more and left and more left is this ties in with that responsibility of self-education where it's not just simply that you threw up a phone number to call online it's not simply just demanding justice you know it's not it's not just that and it hasn't been just that especially you know when ferguson happened especially when when mike brown was murdered especially when when trayvon was murdered and i think you know trayvon was the catalyst for the movement that we are are still into this day um but it's not just simply that we remember these these people are dead it's not just simply that we say Sandra Bland's name it's that we're there's has to be action behind it there has to be education behind it there has to be a learning behind it there has to be this willingness to um educate oneself past oh it's just racial oh, this person was murdered just because they were black. And, and yes, that is a truth. But also understanding the history of it, also understanding uh, theory of it, uh, reading black revolutionary texts, watching interviews and, and really investing time and thought, which I think is really 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 important and you know oh (laughs) my air conditioning is pretty loud huh should turn it off give me one second it is pretty loud um and it's not even that hot i don't know why why it's going off um i encourage everyone who is listening to this to read start somewhere and theory is daunting yes theory is scary yes the communist manifesto i can't even understand anything that they're saying yes i know oh i know i i was right there with you it's it's um it's difficult but unlearning is difficult unlearning is not supposed to be easy so the texts that you read are not supposed to be easy. And I will say, once you learn to read, like once you learn to like critically read, theory is really easy. It's just taking all those words and condensing it in your brain and going, oh, okay, that's what it means. Like, oh, all right. Now now I get what uh, Gramsci was talking about, hegemony. Oh, shit, okay. Well, I get it now. You know, we all have to 
be willing to put in that work because it's not just about bettering yourself right it's not just um you becoming a better person it's not just you becoming more educated it's their lives at stake real lives thousands and thousands and millions of lives that are at stake and we're seeing this with with the handling of the virus we're seeing this with Ahmad we're seeing that actual lives are on the line and how black folks lives have been on the line and have been used as a bargaining tool since the inception of the transatlantic slave trade there's a direct line from the inception of the transatlantic transatlantic slave trade to now a direct line and if you read uh, like theory and it's not 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 even just theory i'm not just talking like read some marks and or read some i don't know uh read some gramsci or read some saeed like i'm not just saying that i'm saying if you read read angela davis one of the most famous theorists and activists of of our time you know and and read and get involved and get invested and and read the prominent uh black theorists and black feminists and black marxists that are putting it's not even just content but just putting literature out putting these thoughts out watch nikki giovanni and james baldwin watch that talk it's incredible and you learn so much from it read angela davis's autobiography read asada shakur's autobiography you know read understand read the new jim crow i mean it's it's a it's a uh foundational text yes and it's pretty you know people have built on top of that since but if you really care if you really really do give a shit right then you have to read and you have to understand where these racial systems come from and how deep and embedded they are into our cultural fabric and it's and it's global as well you know uh read about globalization read about how uh, read about hegemony read about how hegemony has uh, american hegemony has been uh exported a across the globe and now every single almost every single major country is employing american hegemony employing the american prison system employing american capitalism uh how imperialism has just grown and grown and grown the military industrial complex like you know and 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 these things feel daunting and they feel scary and it's like oh my god this thing is way bigger than me and it is in fact bigger than you bigger than me bigger than all of us but you have to have the willingness to learn and to take that head on cuz like i said there are lives at stake 
and I talk about this a lot and I've I've done a podcast about it but when shit hits the fan when the revolution comes because it will and I don't mean that like oh as a I, I don't mean that as like someone who's like oh the revolution it's like no it will come it will it's gonna be here I I firmly I firmly believe that I firmly believe it that it's gonna be here are you willing to take all that knowledge that you've gained through these books, through these theoretical texts, through these uh, interviews that you've watched? Are you willing to like put your life on the line, not just for your family, not just for yourself, not just for the people that you care about in your immediate circle, but for people who are different than you or who you've deemed as different than you? Or maybe I don't want to. I don't want to word it that way. I don't want to say different. Uh, are you willing to put your life on the line for someone who is so disenfranchised on a global scale? Because that's what it's really gonna come to. And I, I think that's the line that reading all of this as a as a non-black person really leads you to as a like okay i'm gonna put my life on the line when 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 push comes to shove when shit's hitting the fan whatever it is that you want to say i'm gonna put my life on the line And, and does that sound scary to you and why does that sound scary to you and why wouldn't you risk your life for someone else's you know, uh, maybe that's just, maybe that's just how I think. And then I hope, you know, people will, will think along the same lines. But it's, it's just tragedy after tragedy. And to speak of Ahmad specifically, it's, you know, uh, there's a, an article that I'm looking at right now uh, by The Guardian. And it, the headline is, Every Stone Will Be Uncovered, How Georgia Officials Failed the Ahmad Arbery Case. And we know why. We know why. We know why it took two months to get those men arrested. We know. Because the state doesn't care. The government doesn't care. The people who are in power do not care. And I don't mean power in the, ooh, the people in power. I mean, like, you know, the people in positions of governmental power do not care. The system didn't fail. Ahmad, because the system wasn't even designed for him to succeed in the first place. And I know it's heavy, and I I could talk more, but. I just, the only thing I suggest to you, if you really want to do something, 
because now is the time to do things now is the time to to start reading fuck man we're in quarantine we're inside if you're some of the lucky people that are inside that you're not an essential worker and there's that term lucky again i don't mean lucky i don't mean luck if you have the resources and you don't have to work and you can social distance and and isolate now is the time for you to do the work you're not doing anything anyway what are you doing and i don't mean that to be patronizing and i don't mean that to be rude but but uh if you really give a shit about racial relations in America and you really want to do something other than just like being a liberal to put it straightforward read now is the time to read find those resources like I said look up Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin's talk it's it's really great all these years later it's a really really great talk watch angela davis speak and and those are those are just the the folks that i watch that i i gravitate towards that i read you know you can find some radical shit and read it find some really cool black feminist marxist like theory and thought and just sit there and watch it and 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 let it really really like sink in understand it you know haymarket uh there's this uh, amazing um bookseller that i love called haymarket books and they produce some of the best most radical shit and it's 50% 50% off the entire site is 50% off right now. Uh I think it still is. I think it is until May 14th or maybe it is the whole month, I don't know, but go into Haymarket and they, you know, they do sales pretty consistently and if you can't grab something now, wait and see when they'll, you know, do another 50% and, and grab some books that you like or, you know, um download the ebooks and uh, a few months ago was it a few months ago? Yeah, uh I think so. I think it was in in March, oh god, that feels like a lifetime ago. But in March, uh, Haymarket did ten free ebooks, and you get to pick the books that you want. And I picked up some really cool shit. And I'm I haven't read any of it yet because I'm in school, but I'm excited to get into it and read it. Even Verso books, V E R S O. Verso is a really really great resource, a really great tool. They're doing 50% off too. Like, they produce some pretty radical shit. Like, read. Now's your chance. And if you don't understand something, find a forum and try to, you know, there's forums online and try to digest it. But a lot of a lot of the more modern uh, radical texts are pretty easy to, to get and to understand. And I think it's also the historical moment. You know, Marx is hard to understand for a lot of people because he wrote in a time where uh it was different you know the way that they wrote was different and and the culture around literature and and literary thought was different so you know he had to uh, Marx and Engels had to write a certain way because there were certain parameters but but now it's a little different 
and it's a little bit it's more digestible and there's people if 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 that's too hard and you know you want to start with like old theory um and you don't get it and you don't understand it that's cool you know there are people who translate and there's people who break it down kind of like the shakespeare stuff right like uh what is it called um no fear shakespeare how they break it down and make it a little bit easier easier to read and easier to understand and uh i do like shakespeare side note i do like shakespeare i fuck with shakespeare a lot i really like him um i really like him he's so dramatic and i love the 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 drama of it all i watched uh much ado about nothing the one with keanu reeves denzel washington robert sean leonard I love the three of them so much and they all three look really really good in that movie um but one of my favorite lines um is when Beatrice is Beatrice says if I were a man I would eat his heart in the marketplace and I fucking love that line oh my god I love it I remember I used to have like a uh in my undergrad I had a take a Shakespeare class of course because I'm a literature major so we have to like study Shakespeare um but I had like a big thick uh Shakespeare volume and had every single like play well mostly every single play um and it, I read that line and I like underlined it and highlighted it and I love that line and there's another one um in King Lear where King Lear says, by all the operations of the orbs by whom we exist and cease to be. And that's one of my favorite lines ever, too. I remember I, like, highlighted the shit out of that. I used to want to get that as a tattoo. And it used to be, like, my, um, what is it called? Uh, like, bio on, like, all my social medias. I think it's a beautiful line. I think it's, it's just gorgeous. Shakespeare knew how to write. Um, <laughs> I remember that, you know how people are like, it wasn't really Shakespeare and it was actually this other person. I remember my Shakespeare professor was just like, ugh. It, she was just like, ugh, this is like the dumbest thing. Yes, it was Shakespeare. We just don't have a lot of, you know, uh, literature on him or uh, from the time. She's like, it was, it was the, you know, Elizabethan era. We don't have shit. <laughs> on anyone um yeah that's my little tangent but get involved get involved get involved get involved read 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 you have the time if you have the time right read it's it's really really important as a suggestion more suggestions that i can offer my favorite is the formation of the intellectuals by antonio gramsci i'm a total gramscian and i'm a total uh saidian i don't think that's a word um edward said it's s-a-i-d like said but edward said um he's the one that um not created i guess yes uh created but he's the one that um came up with the theoretical concept of orientalism um and how you know the west views uh 
the quote unquote the Orient, um, and how it homogenizes, uh, how it kind of mixes together all of the Middle East into one, uh, one thing, one place, one people, um, as a form of like, uh, I'm such an idiot. Look at me trying to sound all smart. It is four in the morning. Um, but how the West creates this image of the the Middle East, uh, what was called the Orient, uh, creates this image of the Middle East in order to like conquer, in order to um, impose rule and retain rule. Um, I mean, we can see that now in the way that you know films about the Middle East are made. And how it's the white guy that's always the hero. And how it's also um, now being translated to South America. Where uh, John Krasinski is the white hero of the story. And um, the CIA wins. And you can even see that with like Narcos. Even though, you know, Pablo Escobar was a bad motherfucker. the bad guy. But you can even see that in like something like Narcos. Um Anyway, that's a whole different conversation for a whole different other time. But I highly re- recommend um, Edward Said and Antonio Gramsci. And Said got a lot of his ideas from Gramsci. And once you read Gramsci, you could read Foucault. And, you know, his uh, whole thing about prisons. I forget what the actual paper is called. Um, so sorry, my bad. I'm a bad academic. <laughs> um but Foucault is really important as well. If you want to get into like the old, like if you want to understand where, where the terms had come from, or terms like you know you'll read in in modern texts, you know hegemony, and you're like, what the fuck is hegemony? Like I don't even know what that means. Well, you can read it in you know Gramsci, someone that created it. Uh, Orientalism. What the fuck is Orientalism? What is this person even fucking talking about? Like Orientalism and globaliz like globalization. What the fuck? You know, you go back and read Taid and you learn about Orientalism and, um, like, oh, why is this person referencing Foucault? I don't understand. What does this have to do with, like, uh, Jim Crow? Well, you go back or not even just Jim Crow, but what does this have to do with the prison industrial complex? And you go back and it's like, oh, shit, that's what this means. You know, they're more like foundational texts. But now I'm just rambling. I really am just, like, talking and talking and talking. Hmm. Well, I hope that your quarantine, uh, this sounds like a weird sentence, but I hope your quarantine gets better and, and easier and, and don't feel pressure to come out of this with a new skill and don't feel pressure to come out of this like you know, working out and super toned and, and don't feel pressure to, to like become a master baker and make the best sourdough bread that's like ever been made. Like, like don't, you know, don't feel pressure to do anything, you know, really crazy like that. Not even just crazy. Uh, I don't mean that. Like, don't, don't feel pressure to do anything that, that I guess uh, 
makes your quarantine meaningful when people ask you oh what did you do during your quarantine oh dude i just fucking sat here and i existed which was good enough for me you know you can just exist i hope you know that you can just be you can just be here you don't have to prove yourself in order to exist even though we've been you know conditioned to kind of prove ourselves and prove our worth and prove that we deserve to exist right <laughs> and guess why capitalism <laughs> but you know don't feel that pressure and and just be just chill do things that make you feel good like do things that make your life feel meaningful like i've been getting right back into star wars again i was not really into star wars for a hot minute and now i'm like deep in it i was re-watching dave filoni interviews and oh that dude is super inspiring and he's super like cool guy and he's super knowledgeable and he's really really nice and you can tell he's super passionate about what he what he does and it's that's inspiring you know be like oh fuck i want to be passionate about things again you know, I want to be passionate about my career again. I want to be passionate about the things that I love again. Damn, I really, really want to do that. So that's what I've been doing. I'm back in the Star Wars. <laughs> Rewatching it. Watching Filoni <laughs> talk. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do shit that feels cool for you. Do progress for you. Anyway... I'm just repeating myself over and over again, and I am going to end this here, and I will see y'all next time. Until then, (laughs) goodbye.